Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. At the time, New York felt very thriving and it was just this crazy over-the-top world paris and nikki hilton nicole richie tinsley mortimer partying giant handbags cocaine socialites her beautiful clone sex suit all these photographers i just remember thinking i want to be part of this this looks cool Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, our pop culture episode and uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta recap. Now, I'm going to have to put a big asterisk on the end of the Real Housewives of Atlanta recap because I'm going to have to put out a plea, okay? I, I've been like joking about it gently, but you know, if Kim Zolciak Bierman, who allegedly is a million dollars in tax debt at this point, um, has taught me anything, it's that you have to ask, believe, and receive what you want from the universe. Now, did she want to be a million dollars in debt with the IRS? Probably not. But did she ask for that? That's none of my business. I'm saying that what I need to do is to ask you, this is a call to arms, anybody at Bravo, anybody who knows somebody at Bravo, I need screeners, please, please. I'm not trying to like flex a muscle here. I just feel like at this point, as long as I've been in the game, if the girl could just get a link at this point, so I, so I could come out with a podcast in a timely manner, I think that's completely fair and reasonable. And so if anybody, please, I humbly ask you, uh, please, Hook a sister up. I need a link. Please. Tell me who I need to be asking. Who does Brielle have to suck for Okay. Okay. I, I've, I've gone too far. But you know what, what I'm trying to say here. Okay. You, you, you know what I'm trying to say. Anyway, let's get into what we got to get into this week because there was a lot to talk about. First of all, um, as I spoke to Emily Hanks of She Speaks Bravo, we talked about it on our Summer House and Vanderpump Rules recap. Um, RIP to pump. 
RIP to pump. Now I'm hearing different things. The streets were saying, or LVP was saying rather that, uh, the reason was because they were about to have a huge increase in their rent. And it was going to be something like a million dollars a year to rent that like highly coveted space. And they pointed to Villa Blanca being, uh, basically, that space has been open or available for lease for since the pandemic um, because of the high prices that the uh, leasing people, whoever uh, put on the space. Uh, so basically they're just like, this is ridiculous. We're being priced out. And it kind of seems like LVP wants to, you know, live out the rest of her days in Las Vegas, which seems like a real choice, but you know, we should have all seen it coming because she's been dressing like a magician for how many years at this point. Anyway, the streets were saying, or rather the people, allegedly the people who own a space were saying that that's actually not the case, that they just like couldn't afford it. And that I guess they had been like lapsed on their rent. And it was basically just like, they're trying to make it seem like, oh, you know, after a million beautiful nights in in West Hollywood, we heartbroken to be, apparently that's not the case, but you know, I don't know. That's not my business. Okay, let's move on to the girl of the week, which is going to a writer from the New York Times, Amy, I believe you pronounce it Chozik. She wrote this long ass puff piece about none other than scammer, Theranos scammer of the century, Elizabeth Holmes. Elizabeth is about to go to jail. I thought she was due to be going in April, but I guess not yet. But Miss Amy um, did a whole piece on who we're now supposed to be calling her Liz Holmes. Um, she, it's just like, I'm a mommy. I work at a rape crisis hotline center. Like it's just a complete rebranding of this woman as like a, I don't watch R rated movies. I drink smoothies. I'm a, mother and and uh wife i mean girl i've never seen like elizabeth holmes liz somebody who has blood on their hands in quite literally every sense of the word like in every facet really think about that in every in every evil possible term in literally with the with the machines and i think you know there are people who past who took their own lives because of the stress that she put them under the people who either thought that they were sick when they weren't or vice versa because of these like faulty tests from these theranos machines and to just be like oh let's go um to the beach and you're gonna take a picture of me looking like i'm straight out of banana public a photo shoot with my children and my husband and talk about all the good things that I am now. Like fuck out of here. We have so many other things going on. So many other things that we could be talking about, Amy, so many things that you could be uh, typing your fingers about. Not this bitch. Let her go to prison as she deserves. Bye. Let's move on to another. Ugh. None other than Christopher Maurice Brown, who allegedly got into a fight with none other than none other than Usher at his birthday party, which was Chris Brown's 34th birthday skating rink party. And he got into a fight. 
about a woman. So apparently what happened, there were the American Music Awards last year, right? There was going to be a Michael Jackson tribute and Tiana Taylor. Yes, Tiana Taylor of the Kanye video. Tiana Taylor of My Super Sweet 16. Tiana Taylor of um, her incredibly high energy sexual relationship with Mon Shumpert. Um, people I would very much like to watch. But that's another story for another day but yes that tiana taylor has been in the music industry she just recently uh due to her relationship with kanye i think decided to with like her last album rollout was uh decided to retire if i'm not mistaken but she's been taking these jobs as like a creative director aka a bad bitch who gets paid a lot of money to like give vibes right so she i think was the creative director or one of the directive forces behind this american music awards tribute to michael jackson last year and chris brown was supposed to be one of the performers apparently at the last minute he uh was taken off the show and i guess since then chris has blamed at least in part tiana taylor for getting him axed off of that uh performance list so Chris has his birthday party. Tiana is there. Chris gets upset because she's there. Apparently she does not want to speak to him. Um, and it's like quiet for them. So he gets all hot in the pants and hot in his skates over it. He starts yelling at Tiana, starts giving her an attitude and is trying to get her kicked out. Usher tries to intervene, tries to get Chris to calm down. And apparently, allegedly things go to blows and uh, Usher gets knocked, cracked in his nose. There is video of Usher trying to calm Chris down as he's on the skating rink. He's like trying to create separation between Chris and Tiana and like trying to, you know, woo, 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 shush, 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 it's okay, right? And then uh, we don't see the actual fight. There is a confirmation that this did happen because Usher's son went to his Instagram stories and was like, don't ask me about that shit. But then he uh, posted some other meme of like uh, an anime character. I don't know who, but I guess he was trying to say that that's what Chris Brown looked like. I, I didn't get the reference, but I'm going to laugh anyway. Okay. And that's just my truth. Um, but they were also performing Chris and Usher uh, co-headlining, I guess. Or they were on the same ticket for a show the following days lovers and friends fest there's a bunch of people on that ticket um and it doesn't look like because usher posted videos of himself smiling right into the sun <laughs> you can see my visage you can see every angle just so you know i'm not going to say anything about this fight but i am going to angle my face directly in the sun so everybody can see not a bruise not a scrape and everything's fine which does not necessarily confirm one thing any way or the other because you can get your shit cracked and you know it doesn't really look like anything and it could be leaking at one minute and totally fine the next day so you know that's not really confirmation for me but you know seems like it happened here's my thing the thing that i was screaming not what couple months ago about chris brown the last time he was complaining, I believe this was back in February, about how um, he's so tired of everybody uh, bringing up old shit. How people keep hating him for, you know, um, assaulting Rihanna, you know, bruise, uh, beating her beyond recognition. 
Why don't you guys just get over it? I'm a changed man. I'm so reformed. He also last year in like last summer was complaining about how his uh, album sales or his record sales weren't doing well because people don't want to support him because uh, his past people don't want to let it go. Okay. And so what's the explanation for Usher having to intervene physically and trying to talk you down as you're going after a woman screaming about an American Music Awards performance. Nobody the fuck watches those, first of all. And quiet as is kept, did we need a Michael Jackson tribute in 2022? Were we really, like, waiting with bated breath for that? I don't think so. Don't, can't say that I was, frankly. Um, so, and, and Chris Brown being there or not, well... Don't really give a shit. I know that he has, um, and his mother have touted him as the next king of pop. And, you know, we can all say things. We can all say words out of our mouth, can't we? Like, I'm supposed to believe that you changed your ways fully when you're a grown-ass 30-something man in skates screaming at a woman at your own goddamn birthday party. And then you punch somebody else, your friend, in the nose as a reaction to him telling you to calm down and maybe not be so violent towards a woman. As you've been historically, frankly, none of these people should be at your birthday party and supporting your ass, but I mean, that's another story for another day. You know, we all have egg on our face for that. Well, they do, in my opinion, but you know, we'll move on from that. But okay, I don't want to hear shit from this man. Ever again, you just lost it. Not two months ago. Not two months ago were you talking about how you had all this goodwill built up and while we all needed to shut the fuck up about you because you're so talented and we're just not letting you shine as this man literally was on an international European tour talking about how he doesn't get the recognition and the accolades that he deserves. You're actively on tour. Okay. Anyway, with that, you guys, we have so much TV documentaries and other things that we are blessed or cursed to about to have to watch. We're going to get into a list of what's going on, what's coming on this summer. I'm um, excited would not be the word. It was about to come out of my mouth, but excited would not be the word. But let's get into a list of some shows that we're going to be watching as a family. Are you ready to join me? Hold my hand. We're in for a ride. So starting off with these new crop of reality competition, let's bring everybody from a reality show and have them compete type of shows. We started with the soft launch of the traders and it seems like since then they were like, let's just bring everybody from everybody from everywhere uh, like some weird, desperate Avengers and see what happens. And that strange concept, we're just going to toss something up into the air and see if that works. Um, starting with The Goat. The Goat is going to be airing on Amazon's Freebie. They're really like pumping out some content with between this and Jury Duty. But yeah, they're going to be... It, this is going to be a reality TV competition series hosted by... Daniel... 
You know, I said we were going to watch it. Watch it. I didn't know, notice that it was going to be hosted by Daniel Tosh. That's going to be a hard watch for me. It's going to be a hard pill to swallow. But he's going to be hosting this. Basically, they're going to be competing in mental, physical, and social challenges to create or determine, rather, who is the ultimate greatest of all time reality TV star. The list includes Tasha from The Bachelor, who's probably possibly dating Luke from Summer Winterhouse at this point. Joe, also from The Bachelor, I guess he was on Dancing with the Stars. I don't I know Joe because I know what he and his fiance. I'm not sure. They're in a relationship. I think that they're one of the best looking couples I've ever seen and I would like to um, watch or join. Anyway, uh, but I don't I don't know anything about either of their seasons or who they are as people. Hopefully they're nice because they're very hot. Anyway, um, then we have none other than Kristen Toady. Um, of course, who's, who's never going to say no to a check? The next two people, uh, Reza from Shaws of Sunset and um, Jill Zarin of Real Housewives of New York. We also have CJ Franco from F-Boy Island, a show that I don't watch. We have Wendell Holland from Survivor. We have Tech from Old School, Real World, Hawaii, and The Challenge. We have Alyssa Edwards of RuPaul's Drag Race. We have Paola of Russ and Pow from 90 Day Fiance. Uh... Not a person that I would consider to be a goat. Do we have goats from 90 Day Fiance? Angela? I'm going to say it's Angela because I recently bought a shirt with Angela and Michael on it. And so, you know, I, I've invested in that. So now I have to stick to it. Um, ooh, yeah, it might be Angela. Paula, I did not like. I never for a moment did I like Pow. I found her to be incredibly annoying. I found her to just be like, ugh. But I also found Russ to be annoying. I don't know why they got to be. Here's one thing about the 90 Day Fiance franchise. And part of the why I don't really talk about the show anymore, although I am watching it, I'm catching up now on the other way. And that's been a real fun journey for me back in the 90 Day Fiance. But anyway, um, one of the curses of the 90 Day franchise is that they are like, oh, we hear you, audience. All those couples that you really don't like, we're going to give them a spinoff. With the exception of Lauren and Alexi. And I would say, um, oh my gosh, what's the, David and Annie. Shockingly, David and Annie ended up being one of the prestige couples of the 90 Day uh, universe. But outside of them, it's like, oh, um, fucking, what, what's her face? down in Florida with that man from Belarus or wherever he, where the hell he's from. Ugh, that man. And all her burp, burp looking family members. All of them look like the Muso next monster. Like, why does 90 Day Fiance think that we want to follow around these chinless wonders? Being weird. Like, no thank you. And so that's why I had to dip out. But anyway, um, who else is on this? Joey Sasso from The Circle. Jason from Holiday Baking Championship. I mean, they really dipped. They really dipped. Lauren Speed Hamilton from Love is Blind. And, uh, yeah, Devon Rogers from Big Brother. So, again, like, I like Lauren. Is she a goat? 
No, Lauren to me is just, he's just too nice to be a goat. Like, you gotta have some edge to you. Chris and Dodie count as a goat in terms of Vanderpump rules? Yes. In terms of all time? Mm, mm, maybe. Reza? No. Reza's just a terror. <laughs> he is a terror who will take any check given to him. That's it. And so if you didn't think that was weird and random enough, then Fox announces that they are going to be setting 12 fearless celebrities um, off to compete on a show called Stars on Mars. Stars on Mars. Hosted by William Shatner serving as mission control, the series will see the crew members live, eat, sleep, strategize, and bond with each other in the same space space station during their stay they'll be faced with authentic conditions that simulate life on mars and they must use their brains and brawn or maybe just their stellar social skills stellar haha to outlast the competition and claim the title of brightest star in the galaxy the celebrities will compete in missions they will vote to eliminate one of their crewmates each week sending them back to earth the people you guys First of all, let's just like digest stars on Mars. Simulated space. Okay. <laughs> so on the cast, we have Natasha Legero, who is a comedian. She also hosted a show on MTV called like That 70s House or something. It was very random. Um, Tina Shea, the singer. What? Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman, both football players. Adam Rupon from the Olympics, Lance Armstrong and his ball, I was going to say, and I, and I said it. Okay. Portia Williams back again, Tallulah Willis, daughter of Demi and Bruce, <laughs> Ronda Rousey. Is she like a UFC boxing person? Okay. McLovin, Christopher Mintz-Plast. We have the nerd from Modern Family, Ariel Winter, the little nerdy girl. Okay. And then... Tom couldn't even serve a drink to one person at pump before he had a, a panic attack. Schwartz. He's going to be in a simulation of Mars. I can't even imagine. Man can barely live in Valley Village. How is he going to live in an enclosed space? Simulated on another planet. I cannot imagine. I need to know the check. What What number was on the check? Because to me, I'm feeling like, also at this point, I'm kind of side-eyeing Portia. Like, didn't you just marry a multi-multi-multi-multi-millionaire, as we were told? Why are you on TV any chance you can get? Taking what I can't imagine can be like, this is probably like $50,000, $50,000 checks, $75,000, you know, maybe. And, you know, get your own money. I get that. But I just thought, like, we were dipped into a life of luxury and like we were going to be home at PJ and like we were going to be hopping on the PJ and yet here you keep hopping on a spirit flight for Fox and NBC and like I'm sure we're having to clear the NBC Universal so we're not doing a non-compete with Fox and and you're acting like you're in space and here you are in Thailand and then here you are on Celebrity Big Brother and what else has Portia done it just seems mm, I'm just curious about where the money where the money at where the money reside that's what I want to know. 
Portia acts like she doesn't want to be on uh, Atlanta and that she's like building a brand, but like, is this your brand? Just going on every celebrity competition show that you can get on? That surely can't be what you were trying to do. Because it seems like a downgrade from Housewives, but you know what? We're on our own journey. Like, to me, Tom Shorts doesn't seem like he would be um, that shrewd of a businessman. Like, he would probably be like, oh, you guys are going to give me $27,000 and like a a hundred dollar gift card to Grubhub, like I'll take it, you know. And then like Tina Shea, like, wow. In what planet does like this is a girl who books stages, right? Like, why is she in the room with Tom Schwartz? You know what I mean? Like, where, the, where was the budget? What was the budget, and how do we divide it? That's what I really want to know, particularly with this show. Anyway, moving on to our documentary portion of what we're going to be watching coming up. And actually, you can head over to Instagram, my Instagram, at EB, no, at everyone's business but mine, to check out the trailers for both of these. Starting off with Queen Maker, The Making of an It Girl, Hulu is going to be releasing a documentary about the 2000s It Girls. It is going to be um, featuring talking heads with none other than um, my biological mother, Kelly Catrone, um, uh, Tinsley Mortimer. Ever, ever heard of her and Olivia Palermo and we've got a bunch of other people there were um, many mentions of like Paris and Nicole which by the way if you guys um, are not following my Patreon this just so happens to be like my month of it girl it's like it girl May for me um, where I'm talking about Nicole Richie I did part one I'm doing part two this week and it's gonna be like twice as long and four times as juicy and I'm very excited but yeah sign up for the Patreon it comes out one week nope (laughs) once a week four times a month every Wednesday or Thursday occasionally but usually on Wednesday and we talk about like such fun things and for you guys who go to the Patreon and you're like Kara there's no content on here since last year there is. I don't upload directly to Patreon, so you're not going to see a lot of content there, but trust and believe the girls who know, know we're up in there every week having a lot of fun and talking about a lot of shit. So yeah, I will be talking about Queen Maker and for the Patreon, I believe more than likely. Um, and I'm very, very excited to talk about like the inner workings of it, how the money comes into it. Um, the investment of it, how it tore Tinsley's life apart. I actually did, by the way, a whole series on Tinsley Mortimer in my Patreon. It's a multi-part series starting from like her growing up, her life with um, Topper, what happened after leading up to her um, premiere and debut on Real Housewives of New York. It's very in-depth. One of my best works, I have to think, I have to say a a lot. It was exhaustive. It was exhaustive. I will say, but, um, yeah, Tinsley's very interesting. She's a very interesting, very tragic figure that you, I think will find a lot of empathy with if you listen to my, uh, series. But, um, so for those of you who don't listen, I do think that would be a good companion piece to the documentary, but yeah, I'm very excited about that. And then also you guys, HBO officially released their trailer for the Bama Rush, the Alabama Sorority Rush documentary. It it looks 
interesting. It is going to be getting into the racial aspects, particularly at University of Alabama, whose sororities and like their Greek life didn't uh, integrate until 2013, I believe, um, into the pressures of like being a girl in this day and age, how, you know, the girls who, you know, how there are some girls who feel like they don't have an identity or a place in life and they go and they seek these organizations to find family and, you know, companionship and a built-in friendship and all the pressure that comes in it, the money that goes into it, the the looks and uh, the pressure from the boys and how the male gaze is so present into like how your confidence works and even the rankings within the sorority system and all of that. And I'm very, very excited. The girls that were like popular um, and are currently in the sororities from last year's Bama Rush on TikTok are not talking about it. There seems like they're very tight-lipped about the whole thing. There was also a lot of drama because I think during the uh, taping of this docuseries, there were like a lot of you know uh, cease and desist, like don't at don't speak to anybody, like you know a lot of things don't ask don't tell sort of situations so yeah i i'm really really excited about that you guys we're gonna have a fun summer and I, i'm excited for all of us i'm excited for all of this but with that do i have anything else to talk about yes i do oh my gosh you guys i had an experience as some of you guys saw on my instagram stories um so here's what happened um i don't drink much these days and i was like well I'm going to go out with a friend, you know, just have a couple drinks, a two drink. I had a drink before I left. So it was like three drinks and I, you know, I was being responsible. I get home, I'm feeling good. And I was planning on going to brunch with none other than hosted beyond the blinds and Dunzo, Troy McKeady. Right. And we're like, okay, let's go to brunch. And then I'm thinking, oh, ha ha. Uh, wouldn't it be funny if we went to Carriage House, which is the restaurant that is partially owned by none other than Southern Charms, Craig and Austin. And he said, yeah, no, we should really go. And I thought, oh, uh, but should we? And he was like, yeah, no, it actually looks really good. We should go. And I said, okay, okay. So here's my official review of Carriage House. So here's the thing. It's located in the West Village. A very cute area, right? You know, if you've been there, you know exactly. How it's, it's right on West 10th Street and Greenwich. Like, it's right by Rosemary's. It's, like, right in the thick of it. You know it, right? Super cute place. Used to be a carriage house, hence the name. And I will say the vibe is, like, vibing. I will say the vibe is probably its strongest uh, pillar, if you will. The bar is super cute in the front. Like, it's definitely, like, a low-light, ambiance, dark furniture, banquet kind of place. So, you know, if you're not into, like, you know, if you need a assistance of a, of, a, of a glass, if you need to use your flashlight app on your phone, this might not be the place for you. The music was great. We sat in, like, a kind of boothy-ish area. Um, the seating was very comfortable and yeah, like the vibe was great. The music really good. It was like a nineties kind of like hip hop R and B sort of thing. 
You can also like see the chef in the back. Like you see them working. It's like an open space. So I always love that. Like that always gets me. This is also a pricey little girl. Okay. This is a three, um, $3 sign restaurant. If you're looking on it on Yelp. So, you know, if you're looking for a place, it, you know, if you're, if you're turned off by like a $25 salad, this is not going to be the place for you. But you know, when you're in the West Village, this is kind of par for the course. Another thing is, was a big no for me, was the reservations. Now, I have not seen this. I have seen situations where if you make a reservation and you're a no-show, that they will charge you maybe $20, $50 or something. And so you have to agree to that to, like, cancel ahead of time. I have never seen a restaurant where you have to pay $10 per person for the reservation. So that was an immediate turnoff for me. So I did not make the reservation, but we pulled up there and it was totally fine. So thank God, because that's, I would have spent $20 just walking through the door, just making a reservation online. Fortunately, um, you know, there was plenty of space. There was not a single need to make a reservation at that point. Not one. So I get there, we're opening the drink menu, um, and I felt like the wine prices were pricey, all things considered. Like, I just was talking about, you know, the neighborhood and all that, but, I mean, y'all gotta come down a little bit on these wine prices. Like, $24 for a glass of wine, that's a lot. That's a $4 sign restaurant, not a three. Okay, let's let's keep it cute here. Um, but I ordered a cocktail. I ordered the Sophie. It was a sake drink with lime and it had like a little cute little chili pepper in it. So it had just like a little bit of a kick. I really liked the drink. I thought it was well made. It had like kind of a creaminess to it and it wasn't too sour. I think that they maybe were a little bit like on the sake. I wasn't really tasting it too much, but it was a well-made drink. Maybe it was a mocktail. <laughs> But it was, it was a nice drink. Um, what else? Um, the food. I guess we can just get to the food. We start off with, they just give you a few pieces of bread and a butter candle. And that's what I was really there for. I told Troy, if we don't get access to a butter candle, I am going to butter candle, so to speak, this whole place. Fortunately, I didn't have to do that. The butter candle was a delight. Um, they did say it was only going to be lit for 90 seconds and we that thing was lit for a good 10 minutes before Troy was like I think maybe we should just blow this out <laughs> but it was delicious it was like a cube made of like I want to say like it tasted um like a uh, spinach and artichoke dip on a piece of bread I quite liked it it was a vibe it that part was a real vibe and I think you just get that um also I was <sighs> I agreed to, to the Aquapana before I realized what I had agreed to. And so that's really on me. That that was on me, but I didn't like that. That one hurt because I could just get the, the tap water. I'm, I, we don't have to be that bougie. So we also ordered the appetizer, which were these like potatoes, which I said there were sushi size. Now don't expect like circular round California roll sushi. They're talking like, you know, like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, little slices of sushi. So they were potatoes and they all came with like its own little flavoring. Like one had a, 
uh, whipped lemon ricotta on it. One had a little steak bite on it. One had um, salmon. There were like six or seven of them. So we got those and that was pricey, but they were good. Good to share. Good for two people. Um, and then they had like a double order that you could get, which I think was way too much. Don't, not worth it. But it was cute for two. Um, like if you're like on a date, this would be cute. Um, this, this restaurant really was overall like date vibes. Maybe like girls night if you were both married. Like this would be a place that Lindsay Hubbard would go to with her, you know, girlfriends that are also married. Because that's the only friends that she wants apparently. <laughs> Let me move on. They had a limited menu, which Troy and I said that we actually quite liked. Um, I especially like it be with, like, an American... It, it was like... I don't know. Was it American? Was it Italian? I'm not really sure. They had pasta. And I ordered, like, a spicy lobster pasta. He got a um, half chicken situation. Now, I did ask Troy what his official review on his uh, chicken was at the time. And he... <laughs> He said I could, I, he gave me full permission to express, um, his opinion. So he seemed to enjoy it when we were eating, although he texted me later that night and says, now that I'm eating this meal, cause we both took ours uh, to go bag. Um, I realize it's literally instant rice in a half Boston market. <laughs> and then he says, I would give it a solid four out of 10. The chicken and rice reminded me of what I used to make in college when I was poor and I had to stretch $20. Like truly it was unseasoned chicken and Uncle Ben's rice. <laughs> I would say that my spicy uh, lobster mac and cheese was better, but she was a greasy girl. But I will say that they did not really skimp on that lobster. They were good on the lobster. It was a, a good portion considering, but at the bottom of that to-go box was, ooh, ooh, an oil, an oil slick, a real red river of oil. I would maybe, because I quite liked that drink, would maybe give the overall a six, bordering on a seven out of ten, because I did like the vibe. I'm, I'm taking the vibe into consideration, and like I said, that was far and away the best part of it. Um, and I will say we did not order dessert, but they had like a ch oatmeal chocolate chip situation that smelled quite good. I did smell it, and it did smell good. <laughs> I could smell chocolate, and the chocolate smelled good. That's what I can say. Um, will I be going back there? Absolutely not unless it was just like oh let's grab a drink here before we go to like an actual restaurant i would do that or like or like let's get a nightcap over there you know we're like meeting our friends or like we're on a double or like you know something like that maybe we'd have like one drink there that's like a one or two drink bar if you just want to like be in a vibe but I think you can also be in that vibe for cheaper at like a bunch of other restaurants in the city not that anybody was about to listen to this podcast and think that like, oh, I, I'm recommending this as a place you should go, especially, you know, let, let's not put Craig's money into Craig and Austin's pocket ever again, ever again. That's why I put it on the business card. Okay. <laughs> it's going to be right off for your girl. Cause I talked about it. Um, but yeah, uh, would I go to it the way that I would have gone to like a short and Sandy's? No, no. Would I recommend it? No now so sorry anyway let's move on to our uh, real housewives of atlanta recap 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Is this official now? I know. We're officially dating all the good stuff. Okay. <laughs> Why are you looking at me? <laughs> Ready. Kia is so damn nosy. Stop worrying about my relationship. And worry about if Mark is going to take more manner in a divorce settlement. And hopefully he adds baseboards. I think Sheree needs her own spinoff show. Watch me date these dumb dudes. <laughs> All right, y'all, we are back with season 15 of The Real Housewives of Atlanta. Something that I'm quite excited about. I feel like last season, y'all weren't that hype about it. I think you guys thought it was boring for the most part. I felt like it was an establishing season. Like, we were getting Sanya. We were figuring out the dynamic with Drew and the new newer girls. And Marlo got her peach for the first time. I, I was giving that season a little bit of grace, and so I'm excited about season 15, and I felt like the premiere was pretty strong, a pretty strong season, so let's get into it. Let's set the scene. Black and white, Harlem nights, slow motion, everybody's looking good and chocolatey and dancing to this, like, 20s music. I mean, quiet as is kept. You guys know I hate a Great Gatsby theme. This is basically just... Great Gatsby the Black People. But anyway, Harlem Nights, happy birthday, Ross. Um, cut to, suddenly, my girl Candy Burris threatening to headbutt somebody we haven't even met yet. Candy is calling Martell Holt a cheater. Ralph is saying that Drew is away at the, can't come to the party because of some family emergency. And then on the screen, four days earlier, the sun is shining. And where is it shining brightest? None other than Chateau Chiray. A sentence that I never would be able to say that we are like able to regularly come over to this home and she lives there. Won't God do it. She unfortunately welcomes none other than Martell Holt of Love and Marriage Huntsville into her home, her bedroom, her loving embrace, and a couple other things apparently because they're dating. Uh, and let me just let me just peep you guys into who Martell is. Um, for those of you guys don't watch uh, Love and Marriage Huntsville, he's a demon. Martell's a demon. I don't watch a show, but I know enough and I've heard enough about this man to know six feet, stay back, no thank you. He's a rampant homophobe, a terrible father, a philanderer, uh, possibly abusive, allegedly, um, you know, and a hypocrite above all things. Uh, the story that really I heard a few years ago that really was like, oh, I don't want to have anything to do with this man was when I found out he was divorcing his, uh, I'm not sure if they're fully divorced yet, but soon to be or possibly ex-wife. 
Melody, I believe is her name. Um, they have children together. He is accusing her of like keeping the kids from him, right? He's saying, you've got all these caretakers or people to watch the kids, something in the dozens of people, and you don't even reach out to me first to see if I want to watch the kids. And you just pass them off to these kids, and I don't trust these people. The gag was, she has a brother who's gay, who's in a, from what I'm told, perfectly loving and healthy relationship with his husband and Martel is such a homophobe that he causes such a fuss about like I I'm scared about who the who you're exposing our children to knowing damn well that you like stepped out on this woman and I think got somebody else pregnant or something that like you have not been a man of God and it seems like you barely been a man of the devil at this point like I don't understand and I don't want any parts of this man. I don't care about how Sheree seems so happy about his muscles and his big dick energy and that uh, bulge that he had in his pants that they zoomed in on. Don't care. He sounds like a bad man. And hasn't Sheree had enough of bad men in her life? Like, do we really need the final boss? Wasn't Bob enough? What, you know, like, what more can she take? But anyway, she seems very happy. He's walking in from her house from a shoot that he did, a photo shoot he did with Upscale Magazine. And no shade to Upscale Magazine, but if you're walking in with the suit jacket, this isn't Vogue, bitch. I know enough about photo shoots that no, they're not just going to give you the wardrobe. That's your jacket, sir. And again, no shade to the magazine. You couldn't have You He was buttoned up. You expect me to believe that this big beefy bitch drove to the house buttoned up in a in a suit jacket and just waltzed into her home like, oh yeah, that's normal. No. No. So she tells him, I have a surprise for you. Why don't you go upstairs and get changed? And, um, you know, I'll, I'll show you the surprises when you get downstairs. Maybe we go to number two. Strike two. He goes to this professional woman, chef, Oh, is this it? The salmon and the and the mashed potatoes and the asparagus? That's it? By the way, the salmon, mashed potato, asparagus, we gotta free ourselves from that combination, okay? The, the Atlanta special. Black and salmon, mashed potatoes, asparagus, possibly something henny, henny infused, like, try another fish, bitch, please. But anyway, no shade to her because she was going through enough. He is like, downstairs disappointed oh it's just dinner i thought it was maybe something else because i looked outside the window and i saw her and i thought oh already like oh are we gonna have a threesome already <laughs> okay sir you're on bravo now i know that like oprah has her own prestige but like don't think that you're about to step in front of andy's cameras and elicit a, a threesome with sheree the whitfield and a chef and on your first 45 seconds on camera. Not happening, sir. We do things over different over here a little different here. If we were gonna like do some weird shit on camera, y'all would have been in a bubble bath. Just like Eddie, just like Teresa, just like the rest of them. We're not doing this, okay? No. So they start talking about how Sanya is going to be having a 40th birthday for her husband Ross. Everybody's going to be there, right? Candy's going to be there. But, oh, 
we find out that Martel and Candy might have some issue with each other because Candy, I guess, during an interview or something, said that uh, Martel was an opportunist. And so he, with his chatty patty self, oh, she doesn't know what an opportunist is because if she did, then she would know that her husband was one. And oh, aren't they only three feet tall? Cut to the shady uh, editors showing a, a video of Candy and Todd saying that she's 5'3 in heels and um, uh, that Todd is 5'7. Candy did tweet that Todd is actually 5'9. Famous last words. It's hard to believe that anybody's 5'9, you know? Seems like there are very few people who are actually five foot nine or five foot ten. Usually, those go to the five foot six to five foot eight men. You know what I mean? Hmm. Y'all, I just had to pause for breaking motherfucking news on the heels that <laughs> sorry on the heels of the announcement that Kim and Croy Beerman. Um, owed $1.1 million in back taxes not a couple hours ago. Uh, Kim just filed for divorce. Uh, oh, Lord. So apparently, according to TMZ, this just broke. Uh, Kim listed their uh, April... Excuse me. They list... I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm sick. They... She listed on the documents April 30th as the date of separation between her and Croy. They married famously on 11-11-11, as we all remember. She filed because, quote, the marriage is irretrievably broken with no hope of reconciliation. She's asking for primary physical custody of the kids and joint legal custody. But she also wants spousal support and she wants to take her name back to Kim Zolciak. That is very interesting. I'm very curious where her head is at with this because it seemed like, I mean, gosh, what are we, May 8th? So, like, a week ago, not even, just a little over a week ago, they they listed their separation. What the hell happened? Because she has been calling all of us haters for saying that they were, uh, getting their house foreclosed on y'all will see you're gonna see me having my birthday here all my holidays blah 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 fuck you haters um y'all are just talking shit even though this is listed as public information you guys are just being haters and she's posting videos of him in his skivvies vacuuming and tidying up the house my man my man my man well your man left you for dead ho sounds like so damn what happened girl what happened? And my other thing is, like, on some cheaper to keep her shit, spousal support. <laughs> Man, what does Croy do that he's going to be paying you spousal support? I think we have things very confused, ma'am. Where is his money coming from? Selling your old clothes at the, the Kim's closet or whatever the hell she, y'all, do your resale? So you could, what? He cannot be making that much money off of his old uh, uh, Von Dutch hats and ripped up jeans. What is going on in the House of Commons? This is news, y'all. I really thought that, like, she was going to stick beside him if only for the financial implications of, like, it's just, again easier for y'all financially to stay together than divorce, but maybe it's not. But Again, baby, what does he do that he's going to be paying you for? 
because that man's not been in the NFL um, since before y'all got kicked off of Atlanta the first time. So what's good, baby? Ooh, this is about to be messy cam. Messy. Did I tell you guys I saw Brielle recently? And I'll tell you, not as scary as you would think in real life. I gotta say, I, I gotta be a truth teller. I would have thought she looked, she would have looked like straight up Whoville and not so much, not really, not too bad. Well, I guess we'll have to talk more on that later. Ooh, her Instagram lives, Kim's Instagram lives, Brielle, Brielle's about to get messy on her daddy. Oh, it's about to be lit. The TikToks, I might have to hit, 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 uh, follow on that one just for the next couple weeks, just to keep an eye on things, you know? Ooh, those late night when that red solo cup is talking to Kim a little too hard. You, you see it, right? You see it. Anyway, um, so then we're heading over back to reality, back to Real Housewives of Atlanta, to the people who were actually have contracts for the show. Um, we're heading back over to the candy factory with Don Juan and Carmen, my beloved. As we know, Carmen from, um, you know, uh, Mama Joyce famously threatening to hit her upside the head with one of her wedges from DSW at Candy's uh, wedding dress fitting. Yeah that Carmen. Former best friend, well, current best friend. It seems like they're all still friends. Carmen is no longer part of the candy factory, but she is still a part of the candy coated clique with she and Don Juan and Candy. So they're all friends. They're all kiki and they're all just like catching up, right? Then they start talking, Don Juan really, Don Juan starts talking cat shit about Sheree. And this is where I have to agree with hosted by Pumpkin Princess because she really is a candy hater and she will admit to such her main gripe i believe is that she feels like candy uses you know don juan and her friends and such to be messy and i have to agree don juan is a messy person but we all know that and so to act like getting him on camera and thinking that he's not gonna like be shady towards anybody that he can think of is a fool's errand we all know what time it is with don juan and you know she's right but he's also right about Sheree and the fact that she clearly doesn't want to spend any money and how they tried to help her with she by Sheree because she didn't want to pay anybody. And so they were just like, well, girl, what are you really doing here? Like, we actually want to help you and you've got something on, on your hands here. But sorry. Like, we know that Candy, you know, I don't want to say that she doesn't want to pay well, but I think she tries to be, uh, you know, she, she likes a discount. We'll say that. So if she's saying that you don't, you're not putting your money up, then that's a problem, baby. That's a problem. Then in waltzes Miss Twirl and Monietta Shaw, who, you know, Candy kind of lovingly ribs her about. She's like, you know what? I'm mad, Monietta, that you sat over there with uh, with Marlo's ass. So Monietta says in a confessional, because you know she was like a friend of last season. <laughs> this is brilliant. She did feel some type of way when Candy thought that she was taken up for Marlo because Candy should have known what she was trying to do. So Candy should have known that while she was sitting there silently while Marlo talked cash shit about your good Judy, your good, good friend, uh, that what she was really trying to do was try to get both sides of the story. And then she says something that really cracks me up. Monietta says, I didn't like the way it was perceived. And so I told Candy I was sorry. <laughs> not I did something wrong 
I didn't like the way she took it, and so that's why I apologize. That's a new one, and I appreciate that. Then we have to give props to Monietta because turns out Kenya was introduced to uh, one of his friends, her her husband, his friends, Ray. Is that his name? No, Roy. Roy with an I. Um, cutie. Real cute. I guess he's successful. Didn't really pay much to it beyond the face that I liked. But she's, you know, free from Mark and that nose ring. Amen. I knew that there was something wrong with Mark when I saw the nose ring. Now, don't come for me, nose ring community. I am an ally and I've wanted to be one of you guys for decades. I've wanted a nose ring. Can't do it because I get keloids. But my point is, he is not your part of your community. I know that there's not one of you with a nose ring listening to me that wants to be associated with Mark. He's a scourge, a stain on your community. Because I know you guys to be generally a, a good people. He's not one of them. So when I saw him with the, the nose ring, I was like, mm -mm, something, something is off here. And I was right about that. I was right. But Candy says she's been uh, attempting to divorce... <laughs> Mark off and on since 2019 and she's ready. She didn't even know uh, what it would be like to feel this way. But you know what? This chocolate Barbie looks too good to be single for too long. Amen. So then uh, uh, Candy starts talking to Kenya and Monietta about her spoofs. If you guys don't follow her, Candy, she's been doing these like spoofs of housewives, but also movies and other current events that happen that are funny on her TikTok, Instagram, what have you. And uh, Sheree caught a stray in one of these spoofs. So Sheree's feeling some type of way, but Candy says in a confessional, I'm just showing Sheree who she is. Because Sheree's problem is that she doesn't seem to remember um, all the bone collecting and all the shit talking that she does about people. So I'm showing you, you. So if you don't like it, sounds like a personal problem. So then they start talking about Martell and how it seems like Monietta and Candy know somebody or at least know somebody that they trust who knows somebody who's dating Martell in Atlanta. And they're like, ugh, this is messy. Sheree seems to be claiming this man. We don't know what to do. And then Kenya drops that uh, she felt like Martell kind of tried to come for her or like, you know, slide in her DMs. Not in a Giselle and Chris way. Seems like a genuine way. Because when she goes to look at the message, he unsent it. So what were you saying? What did you say that you that you had to unsend to, to cover your own ass? Interesting. So, yeah. they Kenya's like, well, should I say anything to Sheree? And Candy says, well, you didn't date. So I don't really think it's necessary. Kenya says, yeah, I think you're right. Of course, does she heed her advice? Absolutely not. But that's why we love Kenya more. Candy talks about her issues with Todd, which are the same issues that she's been having with this man for years. Y'all need to, like, talk to somebody at this point. We don't... And I love Candy. I'm a Candy girl. Down. But, like, Todd needs to tell it to the whole or talk to a professional about his issues with her being a boss. He, You were a boss when y'all started talking to each other. And you have been, and you continue to be, and it keeps growing. Shout out to her who just got nominated. Actually, Todd also got nominated for a Tony. She got nominated for an Emmy in the same week. 
Shout out to her coming for her EGOT. But I understand that this man, like, wants to have his own thing. And he's got, you know, his own aspirations in the entertainment industry. But, like, it seems like she keeps crying. Like, don't make me the problem. God. You know, like, he keeps blaming her for her success and not, like, being there. But, like, he's not doing the same things for her, it seems like. I don't know. It just seems like we're around the merry-go-round. Once again with them, and I need uh, one of y'all to get it together or hire an assistant or something. I don't know what the problem is, but we need to fix it. And maybe we don't need to fix it, but I don't want to talk about it on this show anymore. How about that? And I got to tell you guys, I know you can hear this noise. I am so sorry for the noise. Please don't come for me. But it is hot today in New York. It is over 90 degrees in this room, and I waited as long as I could. I'm dying. <laughs> it's so hot. And I, I have to be a little bit cool. So just bear with me. Bear with the noise. Again, I'm sorry. I know it's annoying, but it was either this or like, I was about to pass out for real. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to be quick. So you guys don't have to be bothered with the noise. So we head over to Sandy's house. Her issue is very interesting to me. So it kind of made me uncomfortable, but I like Santa, and I don't think many people do, but I'm, I'm like, kind of rocking with her, but she, it made me feel some type of way. So the thing is, she's still got those 5011 family members in her household, right? Her parents, her brother, the sister-in-law, or maybe it's a sister and the brother-in-law, I don't know, but they've got two kids, she's got her husband and their one child, so it's a full house. It's like hella adults and three children. Sanya's got an issue because she's hired her brother to be an assistant because he came to Atlanta to establish himself in the real estate world and it wasn't really popping off like that. So she's like, I'll hire you, you can network, and maybe that'll be a stepping stone for you to, you know, get it back into the real estate world. It hasn't really been happening, but her sister really feels some type of way. Sanya explains to us in a confessional that she feels like... It's kind of weird with her family right now because it's they're not really hired by her now, but they used to be. Her parents used to manage her at one point. Her sister was her hairdresser. So they were all eating off of her. A phrase that makes me uncomfortable. It just feels very like y'all would have been starving without me and you should really be patting me on the back. I just think it's like a a thin line to talk about with your family, even if it's true, you know? But anyway, she's, her sister still feels some type of way. She's like, you don't understand that basically you're treating my husband like he's supposed to be available to you 24 seven. And it's not like that. We've got kids and here you are, like I'm trying to be a mom to my kids and you're waltzing in the room saying like, oh, let's all go outside and play. But like, I'm trying to feed them dinner. And you're also walking in. Her sister got a damn talking head to, to air her grievances, which was shocking. Talking about how like, you know, Sandy will walk in from an event at 11 o'clock and be like, yo, can you take my hair down? And she has to be like, no, this is not the dynamic anymore. We got to find a different way. So her sister really feels some type of way. And it's, it seems very awkward. She's like, you know, her sister's saying that was the priority when Sandy was running track. 
but it's not even close to the priority anymore and I don't think she understands that so it's very awkward also Tanya um she seems to be pushing because she and Ross were wearing uh hoodies that said ba 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 on it and it has a definition it's a noun it's um when you did that the capital d-i-d and did um i'm gonna turn the air off i'm so sorry guys um she said are we selling the merch i don't remember her saying that and i also feel like a catchphrase is like a joke you know like if you have to explain it it's not funny anymore you feel me also, Saucy Santana has that song called, and where he goes bop, 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 and that's what I associate it with, not Sandy Richards Ross, respectfully. Marlo has a nice conversation with her boys. She's hired a life coach to kind of, for they to all collectively come in together and figure out how to be a family. She's never been a mom before. The kids have had a tough go at it. And so, yeah, we hire Miss Shannon, or Miss Sharon, rather, and <laughs> I love that. Well, I appreciate it that Marlo says in a confessional, she's trying to teach me gentle parenting. Eh, I'm like 50-50 on that. Like, I come from angry parenting, and I know that's not the way. But, like, gentle parenting is hard for me. So, she, you know, she's really trying to come to a, 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 a place where it feels good for Marlo to be munty to, to these two boys. But it seems like they're in a better place, I and I like it. I think Marlo has realized whether uh, because of the show or her sister, both, she's got, these are her sons now. These are the boys and she's going to be raising them and that's what it is. And so you better like figure out a way that we can all get along, you know, before we just have years of chaos. I mean, and I think that's really what it is. So I really wish the best for all three of them. I, I really, really do. Um, so after that, we have back to Chateau Charest. Sanya comes over and we meet Charest's friend, Courtney. Ugh. Apparently Courtney and Charest know each other because her, Courtney's friend, or Courtney's daughter rather, was friends with Cairo. They went to the same school together. And Charest says in a confessional that Courtney is an all around great girl. No nonsense. She's a Capricorn. She's a girl's girl. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And I thought, I don't, I don't trust Sheree's picker. Not with men. And not with women either, and I was right about that. 
So Courtney's, you know, she's showing us her bangles from her jewelry line. She's a marketing consultant, as everybody in Atlanta is, you know. And then, so Tanya, or Sandy rather, is talking about, you know, the birthday party. She's, she's having this big party for Ross. Y'all bullied the hell out of her. Because she says at one point, the budget for Ross's party was $40,000. The reason why it was $40,000 was because she got played from tip to tail last season for those dry ass Jamaican patties and that uh, serving platter full of uh, noodles with a bunch of hunks of onion in it. Not sure what that was. The um, phone activated 360 uh, photo booth that didn't work. It was a flop in the Party City decorations. So she's like, well, I'm about to spend all of my second season check on this party to be the opening party for the season. So y'all put your Twitter fingers down and don't come for me anymore. A <laughs> $100,000 budget that this ballooned up to for a damn, let's be real here, Black Great Gatsby party. Like, shout out to the Harlem Renaissance. I have the utmost respect for it, but the, it was it was Great Gatsby the Black. And I cannot abide by another Great Gatsby party. I can't do it. But they looked good. But that's got to be our last one. We can call it the Harlem Renaissance. We can har call it a Harlem Nights party. But this has to be our last one in all of Bravo history. That's it. We're 2023. And we've had 2023 1920s Great Gatsby Harlem Flapper. I'm not doing it again. Prohibition part. Not enough. Enough. So Courtney sits down and tells this very confusing, I'm not sure why she even gives a fuck story about Candy. She says she was in Paris. She mentions this a couple times that she heard from her friend that Candy was trying to figure out who Courtney was. And also that Candy was telling people that Courtney was acting like she was friends with Candy or was like purporting herself to be like, oh, I know Candy. We're like SWV just kicking it together. Um, sorry. <laughs> um, and that they, uh, yeah, that, that like basically that like Candy was trying to tell people that Courtney was going around telling people, oh, I know Candy, I know Candy, like, oh, I'm flexing or something. But then also Candy was trying to figure out who Courtney was. And Courtney was giving me um, Faye Resnick, right? Like, she had, like, Faye Resnick vibes of this, like, oh, I don't really, like, I don't really understand what's going on. Um, because I do respect Candy as a woman. I do feel like she's worldwide. And why would she want to be checking on me and, and know what I'm going on, up to? Like, why would she care about little old me? She doesn't, Courtney. Why are you here? Because <laughs> of Sheree. Sheree's like, well, yeah, Candy has a lot of time on her hands. She's doing a lot of spoofs all the time. And, you know, she's got time to make memes about me. So Sheree apparently is feeling some t type of way about the spoofs. And she's like, you know, the only time that Candy's not talking about people is when she's eating or when she's sucking dick. But not in the locker room. Sheree. Sheree. So Sandy says, well, 
Candy and I are actually great. Like, we're actually dropping a spoof later, so I like them. I think they're funny. <laughs> so then they start talking about Martel, and Sandy just tells Sheree, I just don't want you to waste your time. But Sheree tells him, well, Martel and I went into this situation. We went into this relationship saying we were going to be really intentional, whatever that means. So then we get to this party, right? Candy and Todd are getting ready. And so Todd's like, well, what should I wear? They're trying to pick it out. Should I wear a pimp hat? And Candy goes, not unless you want Marlo asking you for a job. Good night. Good night, Moon. <laughs> oh, then we head over to Marlo's house. She's getting styled by our old friend, Rico Chappelle. I feel like Rico Chappelle has had braces for the entirety of the Real Housewives of Atlanta, but okay. With his red rubber bands. God bless him. Rico Chappelle, if you don't know, designed Candy's wedding dress. He was also designed a bunch of stuff like in the early days of Atlanta. And yeah, he's back. They start talking about how Candy spoofed Marlo recently. And in the spoof, she had her wig down all like Teresa Judai style, like pushed just above the eyebrows, right? So Marlo says, actually, I think the, the spoofs are funny as hell. And Candy needs to stick to that because the Broadway, the singing isn't working for her. <laughs> she goes, even though I think they're funny, I'm cool on Candy right now. Like, I'm good on her. We're not really that friends. Not that good of friends. And so she says, uh, you know what? Right now, Candy can meet me right in my hairline. Where is it? Right above my eyebrow? Yeah. She can meet me right there. So we get to the party. Ralph shows up in the same white jacket that Martel was wearing earlier by himself. Where is Drew? Did you drop her? Where'd she go? Kenny is like, where's your wife? And he says like, oh, she's not feeling well. She had a family emergency. There's a family crisis. So Kenny says in a confessional, does Ralph not realize you're married to the crisis? If she's got a situation, you've got to be there, Ralph. That's your family, too. She's not even trying to be shady towards Drew, which is shocking. Like, hello, you're her partner. Why are you in this, dress, in this outfit? So he gets his own confessional. His dumbass. Ralph says, you know, Drew's got a lot going on. Her dad's sick, so she's dealing with a lot, you know? But I need to make sure that I send that boy some love. You know, it's his 40th. And then he just smiles. Weird, weird behavior. Marlo says in a confessional, I'm not looking forward to seeing everybody here. So I'm just going to stay quiet and I'm going to try and win some money over the craps table. The vibe here is good, but hopefully I don't drink too much and shoot somebody in the pinky toe. <laughs> Sheree arrives as Martel and the lady's reaction ooh, in the confessional. Kenya, why is he here on your arm? Candy. Last year, Sheree was with Mr. Community Service. This year, she's with Mr. Community Property. And then Sanya says, well, he ain't got no ankle bracelet on, so I think it's an upgrade. So Kenya asks Sheree and Martel, oh, are you guys official? And Martel says yes, but Sheree just smiles at her. And Kenya's like, why are you looking at me like that? Sheree goes, because you're up to something. What are you doing? So Sheree goes in a confessional, she is so nosy. Stop worrying about my relationship. Worry about if Mark's going to take more manner in the divorce settlement. Hopefully, he has some baseboards. And then Candia says, I think Sheree needs her own spinoff 
Watch me date these dumb dudes of Atlanta. <laughs> so Marlo congratulates Courtney. And she, she talks to Courtney. She's like, oh, you know, I, I heard something happened with you and Candy. And Courtney's like, yeah, you know, I'm not desperate for friends. So Marlo is just being messy. She says in a confessional, baby, I'm just excited that this drama's not about me. But if there's tea, you know I'm going to sip it. So Courtney tells Marlo, you know, uh, the same person who told me that Candy said this has no reason to lie. That person's Candy's friend. And so Marlo's like, oh, yeah, wow. Um, I mean, I think you're going to have to confront her about that. Just messy. Messy. <laughs> so then Candy, Candy goes over to Kenya and says, listen, I've heard about somebody who's with Martel. And that person, that woman is in Atlanta. There are a lot of details. Like, I know this person. So Kenya's like, well, okay, well, maybe it was Sheree. It's just about the D. And if it's just about the D, let it be. Let it be about that. And Candy goes, well, maybe he told her about it already. Like, maybe Sheree already knows. So at that point, Candy ends up taking Sheree aside while Courtney says hi to Candy. So then Courtney says to Candy, oh, you know, Dina called me while I was in Paris. A fact that she seems to think is very important. Dina called me while I was in Paris, but um, she said to me, hey, are you and Candy friends? And I was just like, what? And Candy was like, yeah, you know, somebody asked me if I knew you and I said I didn't. So Candy's like pretty chill at this point. So Courtney's like, yeah, I mean, Dina made it seem like I was making up friendships with you, but I don't have to do that. And so Candy's like, all right. And then she says in a confessional, I know a girl named Dina Marta. She's in the music industry. I just heard like she and Courtney were doing business together. No shade at all. Like for real. I don't know Courtney. I don't know anybody who knows Courtney outside of Dina. I don't know anybody who knows her. So then Candy tells Courtney, well, yeah, I don't really know you like that. To which Courtney says, I didn't say I knew you. I said we were in similar circles. So Candy goes, okay what's the energy for like what does this have to do with me so courtney says well the energy is just me like letting you know because i was just kind of shocked and so candy says well if we met each other before it doesn't necessarily mean that i would remember your name if somebody asked me later like after the fact courtney's like yeah and that's okay to say and so candy's like okay well again what is this crazy energy for <laughs> she's being very weird for no reason so then we go over to Sheree and Moneta is like, Hey, you know, remember when you were still dating Tyrone, I did text you and I just wanted to make sure everything was okay with you. Cause I've been hearing some things and like, I'm hearing some things now with Martel. And so Sheree's like, okay, well, what have you been hearing? So Moneta says, well, girl, me and Candy heard that he was also like dating women in Atlanta. Classic Sheree. Is she here? He's been here three hours. I don't see her where she at. <laughs> so Sheree says in a confessional, Manetta didn't say five words last year, the last time we were together. But girl, this is a Ferrari, honey. And if he's cheating with another girl, that's like a Toyota. And if he wants to downgrade, that's on him. <laughs> the mental gymnastics that happens in Sheree's mind, like no wonder she's in such great shape. It's incredible. It's incredible. <laughs> Back to Candy. 
Courtney's still being weird as shit. She's like, well, I, I was told that you thought that I was claiming you as a friend. And so Candy's like, no, I just asked if eight people knew you. And Courtney's like, well, that's not how it came back to me. And so Candy says, okay, well, I saw you in a picture with Dina, my friend. I knew her. I didn't know you. And the truth is, I don't know you. So Courtney then starts yapping and Candy's like, okay, well, all I'm saying is like, back up off me. Cause like Courtney's trying to like approach her, like not be aggressive, but like be aggressive. Like she's not coming for her, but she's like getting closer and closer. And she's like, okay, back, back up. Right. Meanwhile, Marlo is doing the most dramatic, like Broadway level clue, lean over the shoulder to see, um, what are we talking about here, ladies? Meanwhile, because Candy's getting into it, she's getting upset and threatened to headbutt people. Um, nobody notices that Marlo's just standing there, like, just truly sipping the tea, murder mystery style. Hilarious. Sandy's standing there trying to smooth things over with Candy and Courtney and tells, like, Courtney, I know that you felt some type of way going into this, but I feel like you're kind of bringing that energy into the conversation with Candy, who really doesn't seem to know anything about what you're talking about. So Courtney's like, you know, thank you, Sanya. I thank you for checking me because I'm grown enough to be accountable and I have nothing but positive things to say about Candy. And I was just disappointed because I don't have to clout chase. And so at this point, her body language is really like, yeah, like, I don't have to do it like you said, like really coming for her. And so Candy's like, what, what are you doing? what are you doing? <laughs> Marlo's reveling in the fact that she's got front row seats to the mess and she's not into it. So Candy's telling Courtney, don't belch up on me. I'm about to headbutt you in this bitch. <laughs> Candy tells Sheree at the other part of the party, I just need you to know that Martel did slide into my DMs. And so Sheree goes, okay, well, send me, show it to me. What do you say? Open your phone up, show it to me. He is here. And then she points over to the other side of the, the, party like uh come over here sir I, we gotta talk she's like listen i'm not gonna fight with you so let's just get him over here and that leaves us on a to be continued in the middle of this damn 40th birthday party poor ross poor ross but god bless all of us thank you so much for listening thank me for speaking love you Bye.